Psalm 23, this psalm mentions three different people or three different uh, personalities. The first one, or one of them is uh, the saved person, uh, referred to as my or me or I, and the saved person is, is 16 times. The second person is the Lord, and he's mentioned 12 times in one way or another. And then the last person is my enemies. They're only mentioned once. And we really don't have to worry too much about them because at the beginning of the psalm, it says the Lord. He's the first person mentioned. And then at the last, it says the Lord. So he takes care of everything in between. And our enemies are just kind of in there. And, and he uses our enemies for his glory as well. So the saved person is mentioned 16 times. The Lord is mentioned 12 and enemies only once. This psalm is about, uh, is about three, different, three different things. It's about the Lord. It's about us. And it's about what he owns. Let's just run through here real quick. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He owns the green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He owns the waters. He restoreth my soul. He owns my soul. He leads me, leads me in paths of righteousness. He owns the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake, he owns a name. There's no copyright on it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he owns the valley. So I don't have to fear anything anyway because he owns it. I will fear no evil for thou art with me. He owns me. Thy rod, he owns the rod. And thy staff, he owns a staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, he owns the table. In the presence of mine enemies, he owns my enemies, as we've mentioned. Thou anointest my head, he owns my head. He, owns, he anoints it with oil, he owns the oil. My cup, that's our lives, he owns. Surely goodness, he owns the goodness and the mercy. He's, mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days. He owns all the days of my life. Again, he owns me and I will dwell in the house. He owns the house of the Lord forever. He owns the forever. And he owns everything in between. Like I said, I mean, this is just a simple message tonight. But uh, I hope God will speak to our hearts. Father, I pray you'd help us tonight. Lord, this is your word. I pray you'd bless it. Bless your people. Feed them tonight, Lord. Help them to be encouraged. And use the message for the glory of God. In Jesus' name, amen. And then, the Lord is. The first verse said, the Lord is. Now, we could just stop right there. You can preach a message on that. That could be a title of a message. The Lord is. And I could say, the Lord is this, the Lord is that. And I could start right here, and we could start over there and go down the aisle here, and everybody could say something totally different of what the Lord is. And then we can start all over again. And then we can start all over again. And eventually the, word, the dictionary ran out of words that would describe him. And we'd have to make up words to describe him. Because there's, just, there's, not, enough, uh, there's not enough words to describe him. He's, he's awesome. So the Lord is my shepherd. That's personal. I'm glad he's a personal shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. That makes it personal. He's my shepherd and not everyone can say that. A lot of people can quote it, but not everybody can really say that the Lord is your shepherd. Everybody's got a shepherd. Everybody has one, whether they admit it or not. Some people, they're their own shepherd. The atheist has a shepherd. 
It's his own philosophy, his own ideas, his own false belief system. The atheist, his shepherd is himself. And he follows, he's following himself. You know what happens if you follow yourself? You just go in circles. You don't get anywhere. And of course, eventually he will get somewhere. It's a, it's a downward spiral into the hell. And the religious man who's never been saved, he's religious and like Nicodemus, religious. Uh, he's trusting good works and he might be a good moral man, or, but then he becomes self-righteous. And he's following a religious system. He's following a denomination or a, he's following a system, but not a savior. And he too is going in circles. The religious man and the, the atheist, could, though they're opposites, could hold hands and walk into hell together. Everybody has a shepherd, as I mentioned. The question is, who's your shepherd? Who is your shepherd? Make it personal. Who is your shepherd? If, you're not, if he's not your shepherd, then you're hell-bound. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Verse 2 says, he maketh me to lie down. He maketh. I was thinking about this last night. He maketh. Sometimes God has to make us lie down sometimes. We live in such a fast-paced society now, and we are just overwhelmed. We're so busy. we got so much going on. Uh, we're all always on the go, uh, running to and fro. And sometimes the Lord has to make us lay down. He has to make us rest. And sometimes He, he may send some things into our life to make us slow down. We're too stressed out, overwhelmed. Sometimes the Lord has to put the brakes on us because we won't put the brakes on ourselves. So he makes us lay down. We tell our children that it's time to go to bed and lie down. And they say, well, I don't want to. Mom and Dad, why do I have to? And we say, you need rest so you'll grow. And the Lord says to us, he says, son, daughter, you need to rest so you'll grow. You know, if we're not resting, we're not going to be grown like we should both in the spiritual and in the physical sphere. It's hard to grow if we're always on the go. The Bible says he gives his beloved sleep. He says, come now and let us reason. Excuse me, that's the wrong verse, sir. Come now and uh, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Well, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Green, I like the green hits, a place of life. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, a place of vibrant, luscious, delicious life. A green, it's, it's full of life. Then after that, if we notice in the next verse, after that, after we've rested a while, he nudges us and wakes us up and says, let's go get some water. You know, the first thing we ought to do in the morning when we get up, you know, we dehydrate at night while we sleep. You're sleeping six, seven, eight hours. You're not, you don't have any water and you're snoring and whatever else and your body's uh, depleting water. So we're dehydrating while we sleep. So one of the first things we need to do in the morning, one of the first things I do because I'm thirsty. I, so I get up and first thing in the morning, get some water to drink. And uh, after being in the dark night of this world, spiritually speaking, we need some refreshing water to rehydrate our souls. It says, He leads me beside still waters. And we think about the Word of God being a type, the water being a type of the Word of God. And so um, we get our straw out and we drink from the Word of God. And it's, uh, it's delicious. It says, uh, you know, I keep coming back to the well of grace. 
Great is the power, sweet is its taste. Whenever temptations and trials I face, I keep coming back to the well. You know what? It'll never ferment. It'll never go bad. You leave something out of your refrigerator, it's going to go bad. But you know, this thing doesn't need refrigeration. Jesus made a well at Calvary for healing, cleansing, and victory. How its joy overflows, no tongue can tell. I thank God for the well. Blessed is the fountain in a barren land. It satisfies the thirst of the inner man. No better place can be found to dwell. Oh, won't you come to the well? Anybody want to drink? Well, we got plenty to drink. There's no end to it. It'll never run out. You know, when you got those cups you get at uh, Wendy's or wherever you go to, Chick-fil-A, you get down to the bottom and you starts making that noise because you're trying to get the last few drops. Well, this will never run out. It just keeps on going. And it keeps you growing. Well, he leads me beside the still waters. And then he restores my soul. He restoreth my soul. He's in the restoration business. It's kind of like he went down to the junkyard and found a bunch of wrecked cars and went down to the backside and found the worst one he could find with the tires all flat, the rims bent, all out of shape, nothing worth keeping, not even worth salvaging. It was so rusty and so messed up. But you know what? He, he brought it out, took it to his shop, the church, and started remaking it into something else. He said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank the Lord that he's in the restoration business. He took something broken and useless and made something out of it, and he's still working on us. He's not done yet. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Paths, that's plural. He leadeth me in the paths, plural, of righteousness. It may be a path in a valley, but if he's there with us, we don't have anything to fear. It may be a path on a mountaintop, or it may be a dark path, but his love lights the way for me. The song says, I left the old paths I traveled so long. I'm happy, redeemed, and free of Jesus the Lord. I sing a sweet song. His love lights the way for me. So even through the dark valley, his love lights the way for me. He says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Again, he owns the valley and he owns the shadows of death. And then verse 5, it says, thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies, thou preparest a table before me. We went from lying down in a field, and now he's got us sitting at the table. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, I used to think that, we'd be, that the enemies would be sitting at the table with us, and maybe they will be, or maybe they would be. But I, think they're, I was thinking about this last night. Maybe they're not actually sitting at the table. They're standing. We get to sit, and they have to stand. We get to eat at the table, and they're starving. Our heads are anointed with oil while their heads are dry. Our cups are running over while their cups are empty. And all they have to do is submit to the Lord, surrender themselves, and they can sit at the table too and no longer be our enemies. They're enemies because they're enemies of God. As we once were, we were enemies. But he came seeking us. He loves his enemies and we're to love our enemies. In the presence of my enemies, we don't have to worry about being in the presence of our enemies because his presence is greater. He said, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. 
Verse 6 says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. Don't look now, but somebody's following you. You know you're being followed. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. In verse 1 it says we started out following the shepherd, but now somebody's following us. The day you and I were saved, if you're saved tonight, the day you and I were saved, goodness and mercy started following us. We got somebody coming up behind us. Now we're going somewhere. Uh, I, need, I got an illustration here. I need a, Brother, Brother Dan, can I use you tonight? If you don't mind, you come up here and... Uh, what happened to your brother? I need his help too. You'll come up here with Josiah. Oh, there he is. Yeah. All right. Okay. Daniel here is going to be the Lord. All right. And you're going to lead us up this way. That's, that's the heavenly city up there. The cross is the heavenly city. The Lord's taking us to the heavenly city. All right. Just stay right there for now. And these two guys here, this is goodness and this is mercy for right now. It may not be later, but anyway, goodness and mercy... All right, you stand right here, and you stand over here. All right, we're going to the heavenly city. I'm following the Lord. I've got goodness and mercy behind me. That means I'm, I'm surrounded. Yes, the Lord's got me surrounded. Yes, the Bible says, uh, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. Yes, so he's got angels camped around me. He's got the Lord, and I've got goodness and mercy and angels around me. And so we're headed to the heavenly city. Let's go. All right, I'm following the Lord, so I can't go wrong. He's not going to lead me down the wrong path. And then, uh, but you got, you got it, brother. That's it. We're done. Thank you. Thank you all for your help. Goodness and mercy and the Lord and the angels. So we're pretty well taken care of. You know, when, when our lives are falling apart and we've had a bad day, we, we're, we've got goodness and mercy following us and the Lord's leading us if we're walking with him. And... Uh, not only that, we got the saints around us. We got people praying for us, people who love us and care for us. I'm, I'm glad to be a part of a good church where we, can, where we can love each other, where we can know each other, pray for each other, care for each other. We're, we're blessed and we don't even realize it. We don't, we don't have a bad day. We think we have a bad day, but we don't. Uh, the Lord's in control of it all. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're going to the house. Amen. Well, I don't know what kind of invitation to give. I told you it was going to be short, and I hope it was sweet. But uh, I hope that was a help and encouragement to you all tonight. I don't know what kind of invitation to give. Maybe you just want to thank the Lord for, uh, for caring for you, that you got mercy and grace following you, mercy and goodness. And so you just obey the Lord, do whatever. I don't know what else to, what else to say. I appreciate y'all listening. The Lord's good to us. Amen. He is. Amen.